Hey, this is Homer Hargrove. I'm the pastor of Grape Top Church, and this is our podcast. I want to thank you for connecting with our family today, and I hope this message inspires you and that it makes a difference in your life. Enjoy the message. Hey, happy Father's Day, Grape Top Church. I'm Homer Hargrove the pastor of Grape Top Church. I'm glad you could join us today for our online message and a very happy Father's Day to all of you fathers out there. Um, I'm a father of three, so uh, I feel um, a part of this thing, you know. We are continuing our series, even though it's Father's Day, we are continuing our series on easy mistakes. And today we're doing something special for our church. We are having a grill out session and so uh, right now, we will be grilling some steaks, some burgers, some hot dogs. We're going to have a lot of, uh, really just a lot of connection today. Again, as we just connect with one another um, as a church body and celebrate each other, celebrate uh, parents, fathers. Um, and uh, I would even throw in single moms uh, because they have to do so much. And um, we'll get into that in the message today. But uh, we are going to be focusing on this idea of fatherhood today because it's Father's Day. Um, I <laughs> I feel funny because um, I feel like usually I don't always do a special message for holidays. Um, for example, Mother's Day, it is such an important uh, day, uh, but I always feel more inclined on Father's Day. Maybe it's biased. Uh, but mainly because I feel like there's always an extra tone to Father's Day. Um, not because fathers are more important than moms, uh, but because there's so much fatherlessness that I've, it is almost like it's really easy to find somebody with father wounds. As a minister for the last 11 years, if you have a, a secret to preacher's code, I'm giving away secrets to any other public speaker out there. It It is almost guaranteed to cause somebody to feel emotional or even cry if you start talking about fathers. Because there's so many people that have issues with their dads, either being absent, being um, having a different expectation of what they wish their dad was, um, so many so many examples that we could really get into and I feel like when it comes to Father's Day and church even though there's so much brokenness that surrounds fathers people's fathers and them being children everyone's a child of somebody even though there's so much brokenness attached to fathers in our world in our country in our culture I feel like usually church Sunday is just like, let's tie a pretty bow on it like Mother's Day and empower men to be the man that you are called to be. When reality, a lot of people have some deadbeat dads that don't ever show up for anything. And we're just like, yeah, Father's Day is so good. And you know what else? You have a heavenly father too. And dude, I'm just going to be real today that we have been making this so cliche that you can know what to expect at Father's Day. And if you have a bad relationship with your dad, or if you have uh, no dad in your life, and it's just a sore subject, you're going to just probably feel crappy listening to uh, 
any church message or Sunday message or just think about how your dad's not there or how he's not the dad you want him to be. Those of y'all who have a great relationship with your father, you cherish this day because they are short in supply. You should celebrate your dad for stepping up and being the man that he's supposed to be. And for all of the, the those of you who are in the other boats where uh, dad is not the man he's supposed to be, I really feel like this message is for you. Today, I'm already getting worked up. See, we're only four minutes in and I haven't even started the message. And I'm just, I really feel passionate about what we're going to talk about today. We're going to be talking about Gilead. Gilead is the title for today. He is the person we're going to focus on the most. And before we get into it, I want us to, to encompass God's heart. The Bible says in Psalm 68 verse 5, talking about God, it says that he's a father to the fatherless. Notice that it doesn't really have to say as much. There are moments where it says that he is, that uh, even if your father or your mother abandon you, that God will hold you close. It says that in Psalm 27, uh, verse 10 through 11. But it, it, does, it does talk about how God can be our motherly, our, uh, a nurturing, uh, nurturing and motherly to us. Yes, that he can be that for us. But notice that consistently it says throughout scripture that he's a father to the fatherless. He fathers the orphan. God reveals himself to us as a man. But I believe so much more that the reason it says fatherless is because fathers have a tendency to step out when they're needed most. They have a tendency to shuck their responsibilities. Men have been dropping the ball, not just in our generation, not just in our culture, but for generations from the beginning of time to the point where God shows himself as a father to the fatherless because it is so common. It says in Ephesians chapter six, verse four, we're talking about fathers, right? Gilead is a father we're going to talk about. Notice that when you're growing up, if you're any around church, church culture, if you're around any kind of uh, Christianity, and and you will probably hear the commandment, honor your mother and father. If you have kind of a strict dad, or maybe um, a churchy dad that uh, that was kind of assertive to you. And whenever you would talk back, they would say, hey, if you're going to do this whole church thing, you need to honor your parents. You need to honor me. Whenever a parent commands you to honor them, it's usually because they feel the disrespect so much in the room that they have to tell you to respect them. Being a parent, hey, look, I'm just getting started, okay? I have three majors. There, I have a three-year-old that is already telling me uh, attitude. I didn't even know that three-year-olds could have sass. I've taken care of teenagers and I know the sass and the attitude. I, I know that whole, all of the hormones that go into it, the disrespect, the just, uh, I know it. I've lived it for years. We took care of teenagers. I get it. I was a youth pastor for years. I get it. But what I'm getting at is this verse here. Ephesians chapter six, verse four. God tells us in his scripture, fathers, 
Notice that it's specific to fathers. It didn't say fathers and mothers. It just got done talking about mothers and, and children. It does say children, honor your parents. But here it says to the fathers, fathers, do not provoke your children to anger by the way that you treat them. Rather, bring them up with the discipline and instruction that comes from the Lord. How often do you hear that quoted in Sunday school? How often do you hear that preached in a message? Do not provoke your children to wrath, fathers. Dude, doesn't that, for me, that eats me in the core. I can be strict. I, I can be strict to where I get frustrated with my kids, to where it's like, I, I feel like, man, I, they, need a, they need to get in the line. And I think about this verse, do not provoke your children to anger. Man, that's a check to me as a dad. It's checked to all dads, but more so what I want to focus on, I don't, I'm going to be honest, dads, all of us are, uh, all of us that are dads here, I want us to take a step out of our role for a minute. I don't want us to look at us as a father. I want us to look at us as children today. All of us, all of us, let's look at ourselves as children and now I want us to look at the rest of this message from the perspective of us, not us as being dads now, but us as being children who have a dad. Let's look at the rest of this now. Do not provoke your children to wrath. Do not provoke your children to anger by the way that you treat them. And for a lot of us, this is starting to trigger some things. For some of us, you may even be triggered right now because the, 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 provocation, the provocation that you've had from your dad, the way that they treated you was complete neglect. It wasn't that they kept pushing your buttons or pushed you too hard or tried to make you do things that you didn't want to do. It was simply the pure neglect of not being there that has provoked you to rage, to anger. Let's get into the message now. See that, man, we're just, we're just really touching the surface. There's a lot of different moments that we can look at in scripture when it comes to fathers and this aspect of being fatherless. I love the story of Ishmael. I feel like I've shared that story more recently about how we always look at him as a mistake and we never see the pure essence of him being a child that was abandoned by his father. Today, I want us to understand something very, very crucial and a hard pill to swallow. Fathers matter. Fathers matter. For some of you, the idea of accepting that statement makes you grind your teeth. It hurts your heart. But I want us to understand this thing. Fathers dramatically affect their children's lives, even when they never show up. Even if they have never showed up, fathers dramatically affect their children's lives. Fathers have an incredible impact on their children's identity. It amazes me. It completely amazes me that we as people can have an agonizing longing to know a man that was never even there. For some of us, 
you have this agony inside of you for not knowing a man that you've never met. He's a complete stranger to you. And yet you have this longing to know a man that was either you've never met or has never really been there for you growing up when you needed them. You just have this longing for to know them, to simply know your father for their approval. Even when you d despise them, you have this weird I like need inside of you. It's this innate nature of wanting their approval and their acceptance. Isn't it so bizarre? For some of us, it would be really hard to admit that you want the acceptance from your deadbeat dad. But deep, deep down, you desire some type of connection, even, even though it's agonizing, even though you know who your father is now and you don't wanna have anything to do with them, you wish that you could have something to do with them. Even them not being there at all has formed how you view life, how you have had to look at yourself as picking up pieces, knowing that your father wasn't going to help you. I mean, think about all that we, the extra things that you do to pick up the pieces and to, to strive that much more because your dad wasn't around. Think about how many times you were envious or jealous of just somebody else's dad being a normal dad, a quote unquote normal, but it, it enraged you because you knew that you didn't have that. I, what I'm trying to get in this point is that whether we like it or not, fathers matter. Whether they're a good father, a bad father, a neutral father, a neglectful father, whatever it is, fathers matter. And fatherlessness affects people to the core of feeling acceptance and approval in the world. That same acceptance and approval that we deep down desire from our dad, it, it, it goes into the world. If you notice, it's almost like even in our, in our world, we know that fatherlessness either crushes us or empowers us to do exceptionally more than anyone else around us. When you look at even like superheroes and, and in like people that are idolized in movies and like fictional characters, like James Bond, he's an orphan, no father. Harry Potter, orphaned. Spider-Man, orphaned. Batman, orphaned. You're looking at all these people and we admire them because they were able to rise above their fatherlessness. It's just something that pushes us. Now, let's look at the Bible story we're talking about. We're talking about the mistakes of Gilead in Judges chapter 11, verses 1 through 3. Now, Jephthah of Gilead, the, in a normal church service, we would only be talking about Jephthah. We would be talking about Jephthah and him alone. But it says, now Jephthah of Gilead was a great warrior. He was the son of Gilead, but his mother was a prostitute. That's a key point here. Gilead's wife also had several sons. And when these half-brothers grew up, they chased Jephthah off the land. You will not get any of our father's inheritance, they said, 
for you are the son of a prostitute. So Jephthah fled from his brothers and lived in the land of Tob. Soon he had a band of worthless rebels following him. Dude, let's unpack this real quick. Gilead, that's the person we're focusing on, is married, has a wife, has children with this wife, a family, goes off with a prostitute. Oopsie, got her pregnant. Now she has a son, Jephthah. Now, Gilead is not mentioned anywhere else in this story. In fact, the rest of this story focuses only on Jephthah. And this part right here talks about, gives a glimpse of the agony that Jephthah had to experience because of his father, who not only slept around, but abandoned his responsibility and duty as a father to Jephthah. It says that because of his father, who is obviously absent, because it says his brothers are pushing him off the land. If his father was involved, he would have done something. He would have gotten in the middle and said, he's still my son. He's still your brothers. Cut it out. He's nowhere to be found. In fact, we see the very essence of acceptance and approval going into the core of fatherhood for children in this very scenario. Because of his fatherlessness, Jephthah was exiled and unaccepted by his brothers. He was disapproved by his brothers, by the, his half-brothers and the rest of his family to the point where that whole land, that whole area rejected him because of his fatherlessness. It is a very prophetic imagery of what it's like on the inside of people dealing with fatherlessness. The feelings of rejection, the feelings like you do not fit into normal society because everyone else has normal dads, why not? But I don't. And that that feeling that you get to where you just feel like you're different in the room because of it, the minute that you walk in, and this essence about you, you feel it, it shows that very feeling in action in this scenario. His brothers, his half-brothers are, are acting out on this feeling that Jephthah carried his entire life. Feeling like he was an outcast because of his fatherlessness growing up his entire life only to come into fruition by what his half-brothers do to him. When you grow up like that, it definitely causes you to, like I said, either be crushed or crush everything around you. Jephthah becomes a great warrior and soon a band of worthless rebels follow him. You know, this, this idea of worthless rebels, what it's really trying to portray is a bunch of people just like Jephthah. It's trying to portray people that have not had easy lives and they rebel against every, against every rule, against everything that is trying to put on them because they're tired of being crushed. So they begin crushing everything around them. Now, this whole direction of Jephthah and his life is determined because of his father. 
that is what is so key to understand. Again, an incredibly hard pill to swallow. But let's, let's see what happens because our next point is you still matter. Fathers matter whether it's good or bad, whether that's an easy pill to swallow or a very, very hard pill to swallow. That's, that's just what it is. But you need to also understand and move on to the next part of this, which is that you still matter. You still matter. You can still live, love, succeed to the fullest without knowing your father. Nothing can stop you. Not even not knowing your father. Children can still overcome without their father being present. You can still overcome without your father being a part of your life. In Judges chapter 11, verses 4 through 8, just the next verses, it says, At about this time the Ammonites began their war against Israel. When the Ammonites attacked, the elders of Gilead sent for Jephthah in the land of Top. The elders said, Come and be our commander. Help us fight the Ammonites. But Jephthah said to them, Aren't you the ones who hated me and drove me from my father's house? Why do you come to me now when you're in trouble? Because we need you, the elders replied. If you lead us in battle against the Ammonites, we will make you ruler over all the people of Gilead. So we are seeing something very incredible here. We're seeing that others saw Jephthah's potential more than he could even see it for himself. Others saw how strong Jephthah was, even when he didn't even realize it. His hardships made him stronger than all of the people around him. Everything more and extra that he had to do. Because truly, not having your father around makes everything harder. Those of you who, who have experienced that, you know it to be completely true deep down within your being. It is harder. It is harder. That's it. And while Jephthah was getting stronger as he was succeeding and living and loving in life, it was that much harder to do those things that made him that much more stronger than those around him. And the biggest thing I want us to take from this part of the message is that just as I'm saying that fathers matter so much, the minute that we accept that pill to swallow and move on to this one and knowing and accepting that you still matter, it helps you to breathe. It helps you to, to really just process things that you might have just been pressing down for a long time. Did you know that you can literally have panic attacks, anxiety attacks from, from immense stress that you just buried from your childhood as an adult? It, so many people that struggle with anxiety, with, with panic attacks for just like random episodes, 
uh, there's a lot of times where it is derived from things in our childhood, especially things that are associated with our dads. And if we continue to refuse to process those things, it just makes it harder. What I'm, what I'm trying to motivate you to do today is to process that, accept whatever it is, uh, whatever kind of hand you were dealt in life, accept whatever kind of father you have, accept that, process it, and understand that you can still win. You can still live. You can still love. You are not broken. There's so many messed up messages today that would even lead people to believe that if you're hurt, you hurt people. Like that saying, hurt people, hurt people. That is That can be true, yes. But there's a lot of jerks and deadbeats and messed up people that have had it easy and hurt people plenty. Sometimes the least hurt people hurt the most. Others, that is. And those who have been hurt the most are all often the most gentle. So I want us to kind of obliterate that idea and understand that just because you have been hurt, just because you have been unloved, does not mean that you do not know how to love. You can love so well. You probably make people feel better than, those, than someone else has been coddled their entire life. You need to accept that whatever kind of father you have, it doesn't have to determine who you are today. You are not broken. You are, you are not sick. You are not unlovable. You are not a failure. Those things are not of you. You have everything within you to love, to live, to succeed. You can do this. And... The, to just end the story of Jephthah, not not only did in this moment did he accept the, the daunting task, but he did get the victory. He did succeed when others failed. And I, I really pray that in this part of the message that you just throw off the chains you've been carrying when it comes to fatherlessness, the burden that you've been carrying of wishing or wanting your your father to be the father you want them to be. And throw off those false expectations. I'm going to be real with you. If your dad has not been around your entire life, he's probably not uh, he's probably not going to make a dramatic change just out of this message. He may, I don't know. But what I'm trying to get at is I don't want you to have a false expectation that your dad is going to be different after today just because you got motivated. What I want you to get is that the, the most important thing is that you can rise above. You can overcome and you have everything in you to love, to love well, and you deserve to be loved too. And I think the most exceptional thing to be reminded is the thing I said at the beginning that God shows himself as a father to the fatherless what that means I think the biggest thing that that you should take away is that God does not overlook what you've had to go through he does not overlook what you've had to feel 
God wants to show himself as a father to you, as a good father. And I pray that right now, just in this moment, if that's you, that you just reach out to God and say, God, fill this part of my life. Help me to find closure here. Help me to find healing to my soul when it comes to my dad. Whatever it is, whatever issues you have with your dad, let God come into that place and talk to him about it and be transparent to God about it and ask him to heal that space and to do a work in that space. And if you're listening to this and you're just thinking, man, Jesus is speaking to me and I need him in my life. The Bible, you don't need me to lead you. If God is showing himself as a father to you, he can walk you through that. He can direct you in life. The Holy Spirit is with you right now. The Bible says in the book of Romans, that if you believe in your heart and confess with your mouth, Jesus is who he says he is. That surely, surely you shall be saved. What that's saying is that surely you'll have that relationship with Jesus, the son of God, your best friend, with God the Father. It is the best relationship to have. Truly the best relationship to have. Now, we're not done just yet. I do want to make one, a, a final point to fathers. Now, we talked about children now. This whole section, we talked about looking from the perspective as a child to our fathers. This last part, I want to speak to fathers, to parents, mother or father. I want us to understand this one thing. And children too. Because I think sometimes as children, we grow so, we, we grow hard hearts to our parents. To where everything that they did when we were younger, we hold it against them as they're older. Even when they have changed and they never tried when we were kids and we realize as adults and we're like, screw you, I'm done. And then they actually start to try it, but we have grown such hard hearts that we don't let them in. And so this point is really for all of us, never too old. Man, this is like, I think the most important thing anyone can learn that has had dysfunction in that parent-child relationship, never too old. And I really pray that those of us who've had those dysfunctions would make a change today. No one is ever too old to need the love of their parent. Let me say that again. This is the most profound thing that kind of relationship can receive and believe and know. No one is ever too old to need the love of their parent. You know, when, I, when my grandmother died, it was terrible, sad, ugly. My dad was, was in his 60s. And... You know, that's a, that's a long life to have your parents. And I saw the, the, the space missing. I saw the, the hurt, the pain, even in the, even in, even in the latter years. What I'm getting at is that if losing your parent at the, near the end of life, could hurt so much even still, does that not just obviously show that you are never too old to need the love of your parent? 
I want to show this verse and I, I want to end by talking about the life of Joseph and Jacob because it's never too late for fathers to step into their role. It's never. If you're a dad listening to this and you've you've looked at your, your kids and a lot of years have gone by and maybe they're older now, they resent you, whatever. And you just, you even accept the fact, like, I screwed up, I screwed up and they don't want me in their life and I just have to accept that now. Do not accept that because it is never too late for a father to step into their role. It is. It may be a lot harder for your kids to accept you in that role, but it's never too late to try to step into that role. Never, never, never too late. Even if your kid already has their own kids and you're a grandparent and they don't even want you around because you were never there for them and they don't want you to disappoint their kids, it is still never too late for you to try to step into your role. Even if they don't want you to see their kids, you can still be a father to your kid. Start there. Don't try to bypass your kids to get to the grandkids. Your kid, even as a parent now, needs you. They still want you. They still, deep down, even though you hurt them, they still need you. They want that love. They want your help. And it is harder to try to step into that role again, but it is never too late. And I would urge you to never stop trying because you have to understand a lot a lot of trust has been broken over the years. Every time you didn't show up, trust was broken. And so if it took years to get this trust so battered and beat up today, it's going to take some time to regain that trust. It's not going to just be fixed out of one birthday reminder. It's not going to be fixed out of one phone call. It's going to take some time of showing yourself loyal to your kids. Truly. And you should really do it. You should really do it because you can salvage not just pieces of something that was broken, but you can salvage something that is able to be truly cherished. I mean, think about all of the lost time and knowing that there's still so much time to cherish now. And if you're a child listening to this and you're recognizing a parent that has been trying, Man, that's hard. But it is still never too late. Let me be let me just slide this in there to be clear. If if you have been ongoing in abuse between your your parent relationship, boundaries are necessary and healthy. If you just got beat up by your parent because they are still manipulative or abusive verbally whatever, I'm not telling you to just welcome them back in again with open arms. I'm talking about the situations where there's been change. And even with that change, you, you still have the right to, to establish boundaries and to take baby steps. You don't have to just open your arms and say, come on in, it's all okay now. No, let me just be clear in saying that in this part of the message. Now, I want to share Genesis chapter 46, verses, verse 29. Jacob and Joseph. Jacob is a father. Joseph is a son. Jake, Joseph's brothers betrayed him. 
made his father believe that he was killed by an animal, spent a lifetime away from his family. Joseph was uh, traded to Egypt as a slave, worked for Potiphar, worked for Pharaoh. He just, his family was dead to him. He, he, at this point, he, he went from a teenager to in his forties, has children of his own, has not seen his father his entire life. And in this moment, they were reunited after decades. It says, Joseph prepared his chariot and traveled to Goshen to meet his father, to meet his father, Jacob. When Joseph arrived, he embraced his father and wept, holding him for a long time. Do you, do you not just, I know that there's some of you that just reading this last verse, he embraced his father and wept, holding him for a long time. Is it not just triggering you with your relationship with your dad, with your parent? If you as a dad, as a parent, are you longing for this moment to be reunited with your kids, for them to trust you again, to have this moment of just embrace and being reunited, making up for lost time? And I love how this story goes in Genesis 48, 8 through 11. It says, then Jacob looked over at the two boys. This is on his deathbed. Are these your sons? He asked. Yes, Joseph told him. These are the sons God has given me here in Egypt. And Jacob said, bring them closer to me so I can bless them. He's so old, he can't even see. He's nearly blind. Jacob was half blind because of his age and could barely see. So Joseph brought the boys close to him and Jacob kissed and embraced his grandchildren. Then Jacob said to Joseph, I never thought I would see your face again, but now God has let me see your children too. This, this is so powerful, guys, because it shows that in the moments where we thought the relationship we had with our parent or the relationship we thought we had with our kid was completely dead, gone, that, there's, that we couldn't even imagine being able to it be restored again. We have a, a value at Grape Top Church to never assume a result without adding the power, the power of God to it first. And here in this story, it gives us hope. It says, Jacob said, I never thought I would see your face again. Think about how many times you thought, I never thought that I could talk to my mom again. I never thought I would be able to, I would see my dad again. I never thought that they would let me back into their life. I never thought my kids would trust me again. But now God has let me see your children too. But now the years, the months I have now make up for all the years. I feel like it's been, it was almost a moment compared to what I have now because now I get to see your children too. Now I get to experience you as an adult. Now I get, even just without kids, take out grandkids. If, you're, if your kid is just, just grown now, there's so much to cherish. If they're married, there's so much to cherish. There's so much to cherish at every stage of your child's life. Don't squander it. Stop wasting it. You can get something great now. You're never too old. Your kids are never too old. No one is ever too old to need the love of their parent. I hope that this message finds you in this Father's Day weekend, maybe you're listening to it at a different part of time. 
I hope that it just ministers to you. I hope it opens a door of healing in your life. And I hope that opens a door of redemption for you and your family. I pray most of all that this Father's Day, you would know without a doubt that God shows himself out of all the different ways he could show himself to you, to us. He says he reveals himself as a heavenly father, as a good father. I mean, I really just see that as God saying, I know what you've been through. I know that this world is not perfect and full of pain and hurt, but I want to be a good father to you through all the chaos, through all the pain. I want to be a source of good fatherly love to you. I pray that you have a happy Father's Day. Happy Father's Day, dads. I know it wasn't your traditional go and get them boys Father's Day. Just sit back, relax, barbecue, because men are all great. Th double thumbs up, dad. I know. I'm a dad too. But let's be honest. There's so much hurt in the world from children and their fathers. We need to step up. And there's a lot of us that could be fathers to the fatherless. If you know you're a good dad, dude, you just know when you're doing your best. You should look to father others too. There's a lot of people in the world that need that love and that direction, that approval, that acceptance. Don't withhold it from them. Even if you never got it yourself, you can, be, you can give that to somebody still. I pray that y'all have a great rest of your day. We're, we're, gonna, we're eating steaks right now. We're eating some good food. And I, I, we are celebrating today. It is still an amazing day, Father's Day. My kids already gave me their Father's Day cards. Best, best cards I've ever gotten in my life. We love you so much. I hope you have a great rest of your, your day. And God bless you. I hope you enjoyed the message today. If you did, there's a couple things that you could do to connect. First is to subscribe to our show so that the most recent episode will always be in your feed, ready when you are. And second is if this ministry has impacted you and you'd like to help us continue to reach others, you can click the link in the description or visit our website, gravetop.com, and you can give now. I'll see you next time on the Gravetop Church Podcast.